0: Look, guys, I know the pandemic was hard on a lot of us. I get it. I really do. But now it's time to get back to normal. And what a better way to get back to normal than to go back to sporting events, to return to concerts. I mean, I already can't wait to start adding to my bucket list with each of those types of avenues. And what a better way to do it than to go through megaseats.com. This episode is brought to you by megaseats.com. And honestly, since the pandemic is over, these are the biggest things that i'm looking forward to and the best thing about mega seats actually is that the price that you see when you purchase a ticket for any of those events that's the price you pay how many times have we went to other third-party sellers and found out oh wow that's a great price but then you click on it and then a service fee pops up and then something for like the candy wrapper of something you might buy or maybe the wrapper for a straw is what they're going to charge you extra for because you got to tip the popcorn guy no, no, no 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 that doesn't exist with mega seats you see at megaseats.com the price you see is the price you pay unless you use code SSAW network that's right you go to megaseats.com you see a concert that's coming up you click purchase that's the purchase price that you get and then you put in the code SSAW network and they take 10% off of that go to megaseats.com get back to life use the code SSAW network and save 10% in the process Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Cover Zero podcast. It's myself, Jordan. Tonight, kicking it off, it's my guy, Josiah. How you doing on this Tuesday evening, December 7th, as we record this show?
1: I'm doing a little bit better, bro. A little bit better. <laughs> Still upset, man. I'm just waiting. You know, anytime your team come off a loss, man, you just can't wait till the next week. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? You just, you're just ready to see your team get back on the field so they can try to get that W. So I'm feeling a little bit better, man.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Time to continue to look forward. You know, there's that 24-hour rule that they talk about a lot in football. Digest that loss for 24 hours, and then you got to focus on the next game. Yeah, Because just like when you're on the field and you're playing the sport, the most important play is always the next play. You have to have that mentality. Next one up, next man up. And we're going to go with the next show up because it's the next week up as we sit here and preview week 14. Today we have three game previews that you know we're going to dive deep on starting with the Thursday night matchup that we have with between the Minnesota Vikings hosting the 6 and 5 Pittsburgh Steelers right now. According to mybookie.ag, our betting friends over there at that at the new website, the spread right now sits Minnesota -3 at -120. And if you want to take the Steelers at plus three, you're looking at dead even plus 100 odds. The money line: Pittsburgh plus 145, with Minnesota minus 170. The over/under for both squads right now, looking at a total of 43 and a half, with minus 110 on the over/under at mybookie.ag. As we tee, as we tee off this game right now, these are two squads that I think this the seasons are very up and down. Maybe not necessarily what both had hoped for, but the Steelers seem to be trending up especially after that victory last week landing themselves very important division win over the Ravens getting on the plus side of 500 whereas the Minnesota Vikings they had to wear that Shiva <laughs> they had to wear that Shiva and lose to the Lions
1: right in right.
0: just such an ugly way and at one point we're down 20 to 6 to the Fighting Dan Campbell's over there in Detroit before we go into this game bro like or as we go into the games we're we're here right now we're we're here right. what's your early takes on it and what are you just mainly looking at as far as how the game gonna shake out
1: I'm expecting the, the Vikings to, to to come out with every player to come out with their, their heads on fire bro you know I mean I, I think this team is upset they they're gonna be fired up not saying that the Steelers won't be they're gonna be you know they're excited you know I, I don't not saying they didn't believe they got a really great head coach over there so I'm sure they felt like they had a chance versus the Ravens but the Vikings going back to them. I think they're just upset having that loss that they just you know just took from the Lions. It was just it's embarrassing, you know. And for them to put up and you brought you brought this up, you know, you brought this up for them to put up twenty nine points mm-hmm. versus them. And they got a re, they got a solid defense. It's not as good as it was in years past, but it's still a respectable defense. Uh, good enough. Put it this way: good enough for the Lions exactly. not you know put up no twenty nine points. That's the most points. That Lions team has put up since week one.
0: And they only crossed that that twenty point threshold once,
1: and that was in week one. <laughs> <laughs> week one versus the Niners. So you know uh, there that that was that that was. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. But I'm expecting this team to come out and to really you know really rattle Big Ben. The defense is going to get back on track. Really throw him off. Uh, I, I think the Steelers, too. Them dealing with injuries, too many injuries. I think that's going to really – that's going to affect him in this game. Um, I'm not expecting Kirk Cousins to have a game that Lamar had. You know, not saying that Kirk is a better QB. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that Lamar had a uh, – he had a game that he normally just don't have. Uh, the, the turnovers, the interceptions, and stuff like that. That one he threw to Minka was like yeah, well, a Minko, head-scratcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's had a couple like that, but just a, yeah. not – just in that game, it just was – I don't know. It just – some of those passes just didn't make sense. It didn't even make sense, you know. And, and like we brought up, even that last pass at the end for the two-point conversion to try to win win the game, you know, I know it wasn't all him. I know he was getting pressured. But still, it just, a better pass, you know, you win it. I didn't agree with the call. We already, you know, we went over that. But We did. That's right. We did talk about that. You know, we did talk about it. But at the same time, better pass, you know, end zone, they win the game. But I'm, I'm expecting Kirk Cousins, who's been playing really good, you know, for a while, even even in that loss, he played not good enough, obviously, but he he played good. He's been playing well. I'm expecting him to have a better game than Lamar had last week versus them, you know, and I, I'm, I'm yeah, like I said, and I'm expecting this defense to really get after Big Ben, man. I'm expecting them to really put a lot of pressure on them, and I, I don't think they're really going to be able to run the ball. I know they love to get Najee Harris going. I don't think that's really going to work, you know. So, yeah, I, I got the Vikings coming in in this one and uh I don't know if it would be up who's the favorite in this game. I haven't taken a look. Oh yeah,
0: Minnesota minus 3. Minnesota is favored by 3 okay. in this one.
1: So yeah, so I I guess I'm I'm with them then cuz that that's who I got winning this game right here. I got the Vikings winning this game in a close one. I say maybe an be ugly game. I'm gonna say 23 to 17 Vikings.
0: Okay, we we'll would be clearing the spread as well. This could almost be looked at as the uh, Lion Bowl and the fact that these are the only two teams in the entire league that did not beat the Lions when they played them. And, it, you know, the Steelers tied them, Vikings lost. So, right. And then now they're going to go ahead and face off against each other. The Vikings did, in, in that Lions game, the Vikings really did a lot of shuffling with that offensive line. Christian Derrissaw was hurt again. He wasn't able to play, and he's been a really nice find for when he's been able to be on the field. And so rather than just put in their backup left tackle, they did a lot of shuffling. And I was going to ask and kind of get into like your philosophy of this. When you lose one offensive lineman, are you more of the mind? Let me just put my backup in that way. I've still got my four linemen intact and I'm only just playing one backup. Or are you, let's start mixing around and put this one guy over here and this guy over there. Cause what what the lion or what the Vikings went into that lions game with, so they dropped their right guard, who was, uh, has got a very, uh, uh, his, I can't pronounce his first name off the top of the head, but Udo, his last name. He was slotted in at left tackle. He was normally the right guard. They kept Ezra Cleveland at left guard where he's been since the start of the year. Garrett Bradbury, who was the backup center, right. was moved to the starting center because starting center Mason Cole, they slid to right guard and then kept Brian O'Neill, who's been the year long right tackle. So it's basically like now you have three linemen playing brand like different positions. Udo has never played left tackle in the NFL. Bradbury is a another backup that you now have in, even though you only had one other backup out. I mean, it's just this different right, right, right. shuffling. It's like for me, my my look at it, I only want to be weaker at one position. I don't want to be weaker at three. Where do you land on that?
1: I'm the same way. There's no way I'm doing that much shuffling. You know what I mean, you. You, 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 you got your back, your backups is backups for, for a reason. And they've been, they've been playing that. Like, for example, if, if your right tackle is down and you, your backup right tackle is ready and he's healthy, he's ready to go. You put him in and you leave it at that. You don't do all the different type of shuffling and whatnot, because then you got different offensive linemen, not accustomed to playing those positions. Not, not that often if they have played it mm-hmm. and you know, it could throw everything off. And that, 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 I mean, we already know it. we we're strong believers in this. We we always talk about it on this pod. We're strong believers in the in the, in the trenches. It starts in the trenches. And when you don't have a, a, a good offensive line, you're not able to do anything, pass the ball, run the ball, or anything. And that's what you're setting up your offense to do. You're you're setting up your offense to fail when you're doing that type of shuffling. So me personally, I'm sticking with that one position and putting my back up in and going from there. You know, And, mm-hmm. and we've seen it happen. It's funny because this is what we've seen last year. But we're seeing it this year with the Raiders, and it's not you know it's not that effective. Obviously, the depth is not that strong. But last year with our Raiders, we we seen how Trent Trent Brown was out, and we had to put in you know Denzel Good. He I mean now now see now I, I will say this though, Denzel Good. If you have one of those one of those players that that can you know can play guard and tackle and got really good experience at both positions, mm-hmm. then that's a little bit different. But when you have a guy that doesn't really play much and maybe never, he played, did
0: it in college, he'd swapped a little bit, but since he's been in the NFL, never did it,
1: never did it. You know what I'm saying? Well, Denzel good is somebody that's done it in the NFL yep. multiple times, you know? <laughs> so, you know, but my point is though, to say that is when we've seen it happen with our team where a guy will go out, we've seen it with Richie Incognito last year where he went out, John Simpson came in and he played well for that first couple, couple games. Now, after that, you know, he, you know, he, he he didn't really hold up that well, but that's the whole point. You're hoping that the backup player can come in and play well for that, that remaining of that game. And hopefully you get your starter back next week or in the next two weeks, you know, and he doesn't have to play, you know, for right. that, you know, so yeah, that I'm a, i am I would go with just having your backup come in and not doing all the shuffling that you're doing. Cause you're setting your offense up really. And the thing too,
0: there's two, there's two, like everything you said. Yes, I'm in agreement 100% with that. And two other like, like factors that go into that. When you're playing an offensive line, especially you're a, you're a outside zone running team like they are. I mean, granted Kubiak, the, one of the guys who was big in the outside zone, he's, his son is, you know, the coordinator for the Vikings right now. And when you're a zone blocking offensive line, it's a lot about moving in unison and moving together and understanding the timing and passing off defenders and just being able to be one succinct unit rather than you create a whole and, you know, power run scheme, push this dude over here. When you lose that type of continuity, it's going to, it's, which is going to happen when you have this dude playing a new position, this dude playing a new position, that dude playing a new position, and they all haven't played all these same positions at the same time together. That's asking a lot. And then you already have a backup running back in the game with Alexander Madison. So it's just like a lot of different unfamiliarity that you are putting in place with your offense. So I'm just, I'm not a fan of that just from mainly from, yeah, mainly just from, from that standpoint of it. And, you know, the other reason why is if let's just say you have, you know, like they had no I think it was Rashad Hill who had been starting at left tackle in place of him, who was the backup. You can help out one guy. By chipping constantly on that side. Maybe you put a tight end over there. Uh, maybe you get into a little bit of like sniffer formations. Sniffer formations for those listening. Being like you have a tight end attached to the tackle. And so they're standing right next to each other. Then you drop a tight, another tight end. Or a back or a fullback. CJ Hammett could be for the Vikings. And he's kind of lined up right in between them. They call it sniffer because his head usually bears down. And it's right close to the tackle or the tight end's ass sort of sniffer that's why they call it that you can do things like that you can run away from the tackle you can chip help you can make an emphasis to maybe get the ball out quicker if you ever do have to leave them in a one-on-one things like that are a lot more manageable than trying to balance all of these different pieces on a string at the same time so yeah that's really how I look at it too I'm with you on that one as we consider and keep on the track of injuries Derisaw is not looking like he's going to play this Thursday. Adam Thielen went out early with an injury in the Detroit Lions game. He's unlikely to play, as is Dalvin Cook, as is Everson Griffin, still dealing with his situation currently. And it's it's not looking too promising that those guys are going to take the field right now. And then when you're, if they still elect to go with that same lineup that they went with on the offensive line, hello, welcome the Pittsburgh Steelers, the team that leads the NFL in sacks right now. T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, those two are really balling and making a difference up front right now. And Kirk is one guy who, he's a very efficient quarterback. When the pocket is clean, when the routes are defined, and he knows what you're doing, he's going to pick you apart. We've seen it a lot and time and time again. And when his process is sped up, when he's not throwing from that clean pocket, he's not the same guy. He, is, he has a just about basically a three-yard-per-attempt difference. When it comes to a clean pocket versus a muddy pocket per PFF, so really I I just don't necessarily know if he's going to get those clean pockets, and without the health of the other playmakers, including Anthony Barr on the defensive side of the ball, Eric Kendricks also on the on the defensive side of the ball is questionable too. With all of those things in place, and Pittsburgh being able to ride this high, Minnesota just kind of seeming like a team that's just in a wasteland. Mike Zimmer, he's. As, far as i'm concerned he needs to go it's his time so i mean i have the steelers winning i've got the steelers winning i don't like it i don't love it but it seems like every time we look at this minnesota team they play down to their opponent they literally have one game this entire season where the margin of victory or the margin of loss was by greater than one possession And I think that's probably going to be the case again. But uh, you have the score as well, one possession game, but you got Minnesota winning. I like Pittsburgh in this one. Let me get 27-23 Pittsburgh. It seems like there's more life in the Steelers right now, which is odd to say, because if you look at that Steelers team in that Bengals game that was just a couple weeks ago, that seemed like a dead carcass right there.
1: Right. It (laughs) did. But, man,
0: these Vikings, bro, I just...
1: I, just, I can't man. Yeah, I mean it is and and I get it. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I definitely understand, especially with the point you made with the offensive line. You know, one thing I will say, I mean, the good thing is is that at least that 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 shuffling that they did, you know, they'll have some more practice
0: mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: going into this right. game right here. That's true. But I mean, yeah, it, it's it's gonna be a tough matchup. It's gonna be a close game for sure. So
0: Yeah, I think another one possession victory is on board for whichever team it is that does win. Yeah,
1: I think, and, and going back to that, not to take anything away from the Steelers, but going back to that Steelers versus Ravens game, if Lamar plays the game, we all know he's capable of playing. They lose, the Steelers. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and, I, and I put it more on the mistakes he made and, and him not, you know, him not playing up to what we are expecting him to play is the reason why they lost that game.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, we've seen that from Lamar a few times this year, too. We have. He just. Doesn't look like the same guy. Like, it's hit or miss for him. But someone else who's playing differently than what we're expecting of him. That guy in particular would have to be Taylor Heineke. As we move on into our second preview of the week. Dallas Cowboys, Washington football team. Heineke is not, like, you know, setting the world on fire. Lighting up scoreboards. You're not rushing to grab him as your starting fantasy quarterback. But nonetheless, the dude is playing quality football. He's, I would call him right now a game manager plus. He's managing the game and then he's doing big things when you need him to. He's making gutsy plays and runs and extending plays and things like that that I didn't necessarily know if he was going to be able to string together a month of November and at least that first game in early December, like he did. So yeah, this team right now, they're on a four-game winning streak as they go into this matchup against the Cowboys. Cowboys are actually favored on mybookie.ag. Cowboys minus four, Washington football team at plus four. The other side of that, over and under, sits currently at 48 on the dot. And money line-wise, Washington football team plus 160, Dallas Cowboys minus 190. And you're really looking at your odds on the spread. If you anyone listening wants to bet on the spread, you are minus 115 for the football team, and you're minus 105 for the Cowboys. So you're not really, we're not getting any even spreads or even uh, odds right there on your bets. A couple of stats against the spread before we get into the specifics of the game preview. Dallas is 6-3 and three against the spread when favored by more than 3.5 on this season. And then against the spread in away games this year, Dallas Cowboys are 5-1. and 5-1. and one. Pretty, pretty interesting components right there. Dallas and its opponents have also combined for more than 47 and a half points in seven out of the 13 games, which is right below the under by half a point. And Cowboys games also average in total 51.7 points per game, which is four points higher or so three points higher ish than the over under that we're being presented. with. I say all that to bring it to how the game's going to shake out. Is this, let me ask you this. Is this the game where we see this Dallas Cowboys offense return to what we had at least expected them to be when the season started?
1: Great question. I like how you asked it, verse. They're going against a really good defense. (laughs) So I like how you, I like that. I like that question. I'm going to say, yeah, they get back to it for the most part because they're getting their weapons. They're getting their weapons back, all their weapons back. And they're going against a team that I, I do feel. Like is a real. They're they're a pretty good defensive team. They're a pretty good defensive team, and I and I like what they've been able to do. And I don't want to give up too much, but before we really really dive, well, we're diving into it now. I guess. I should mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, bro. Dismount.
1: Away. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I, they got the they they just got the they got their weapons back. You know, and I feel like that's really what's been the hindrance of Dak. I know some Cowboy fans has been feeling kind of let down because of how he's been playing. And it's tough. I mean, when you don't have your when you don't have your number one or your number two there, you know, it's or you have your number two and not your number one or your vice versa, number one, not your number two, however it is, or neither one of them there, it's tough, you know. So with both of those guys coming back and then they have a defensive player, I uh, think what Demarcus Lawrence, I think he's, mm-hmm. he's coming back too as well. Yeah, I mean,
0: he was back in the Saints game. Did he oh, bit, okay like hit like but he like here or there, kinda he like
1: play, but he didn't play did he play the full game? He didn't play the full game. No, they had him
0: on like I wanna say they had him on a Pitch like count. snap
1: count okay
0: yeah i think they did have him on the pitch count like okay. uh, they did with coop okay okay
1: okay so you know we'll and and you know we're obviously expecting him to get you know more snaps to be in there and to get more pt so i'm expecting this team to really go out here and look like the cowboy team that we've seen you know uh i'd say i guess a few weeks ago you know, not that they look terrible versus our Raiders, they actually look good. I thought versus our Raiders, they, yeah, they did pretty good without two of their of the, of their weapons and whatnot. But here, getting their weapons back, I think that's gonna make the difference here. And I don't think the I don't think the Washington Football Team. One thing they really got going for them. Before I get into what I don't think they can do, one thing they really got going for them is that running game. They could run the ball, you know, and they've been really effective by doing so. And their thing is is that they love to keep the score close. If they can keep the – and see, that's the thing. If they can keep the score fairly close, then this may go in their favor. And for, you know, football fans out there, shout out to to Brandy. Shout out my sis, you know, and any other football. I'm actually hoping y'all win. You know what I'm saying? I picked y'all to win the division. So it'll be good for y'all to win. We I both just,
0: did. We both did. Yeah, you do. That's,
1: that's right. right. You did too. We picked y'all to win the division, so you know. But it's just, I, I, I think because now the Cowboys are they're, they're healthy, they're coming, you know, they're coming in this healthy, and I don't think the Washington football team has have enough to really. They just lost their uh, Logan Thomas, you know. So, and that's their yeah, best yeah. weapon. I mean, well, Terry, Mc- Terry McLaurin is the best, yeah, he's the best wide receiver, but Logan is right there, and he's been lights out in that red zone. But now not having him, I, that's going to hurt them as well. And then t- t- Taylor Heineke, you know, Heineken, Heineke, you know how you pronounce his name. I know, that, I know it, it, it's, it's out there. It's out there as far as like if he's the, you know, if he's going to be the guy going into next season and all of that. I don't think so, man. I think he's a lesser. I think he's like a lesser Alex Smith. That's what I think. Hmm. I, I don't think. I don't even think he's as good as Alex Smith, but I think he's similar to him. Game manager. Yeah, major, no, I see that.
0: He's, he hasn't – this is the most consistent we've – I mean, granted, we've seen him for basically one – This playoff, is his first right, season. Right. Yeah, one playoff game, his first start, and then now – I mean, we haven't even seen a whole season yet, but, like, this is – these last four weeks, you're right. This is the most consistent he's ever
1: played. Yeah, you know, but I don't think it's consistent enough. I still think they need a QB. That's what I'm trying to get at. They still okay. need a QB. And I just don't – I don't think they have it, you know. And if, and when you look at our game last year – or last year – last week when we played them. You know, uh, our offense just – you know, I, I've mentioned this before. The Raiders' offense is a uh, – is a Jekyll and Hyde. The team is a Jekyll and Hyde. The offense for sure. They come out one week on fire. They come out the next week, you know, flat. This Cowboy team, that offense is not like that. For the most part, they could put up points, you know. so. That they have to they have to be ready for it. So this is a big challenge for them. I got the Cowboys. I wanna
0: you go. want Washington, but you didn't. Yeah, want yeah. <laughs> yeah man.
1: This is tough. Because I want Washington to win. My heart wants Washington to win, but I just you know what? I'm I'm gonna go with the upset. No, you know what? Let's let's switch that, man. Let, let's switch that. I'ma okay, say the okay. running game gets going. The running because I think the running game is gonna get going. I just I'm I'm concerned if it gets over twenty, like if it gets to like twenty seven points, something like that. Cowboys, I think that's it. I think
0: yeah, Washington wa- don't want a shootout.
1: Yeah, they don't want no shootout. They want to keep this team below, like they've been doing, keeping this team teams below twenty one points. They want to keep this team around there. They can do that, then they'll be good. Let me get the upset. I'm gonna go with the Washington football team. I would not bet on it. But I'm gonna go with them, and I'm gonna say twenty to seventeen. Twenty to seventeen. Twenty to seventeen. I do not feel confident with it, but I'm. So, a- you are you are eleven <laughs>
0: points south of the over under on that.
1: I'm gonna go with it, man. I'm a, I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna. So being with-
0: so far below the the over <laughs> and the under mark would you bet the over-under? No. Okay. No. Okay. There is, the reason we, that's a great point, like as far as Washington in comparison to, you know, playing the way that they have throughout this little win streak that they're on to get them back to some sort of playoff relevance, they do not want to get in a shootout Matt. 1,000% agree with that. The one area that I got to give them the most credit for, the most credit for it and this just this is this comes down to it well both areas would come down to a, a coaching standpoint i'll start actually with the one that would be a little bit of a lesser point and it's just you know everyone knows me i love scheming up things to give yourself that four, to whatever it is whatever little percentage of an advantage you can get by scheming up little different things to to get the most out of what you have love seeing that and they get to a lot of different offset formations They'll sit there and they'll grind the clock the play clock down you have a super late jet motion to one side of the formation to create a four by one at the very last second and then whenever they get their jet motions going it's fast and that makes the defense really have to think and then the ball is snapped right away and it's a lot of it's it's you know they sit they wait they wait they wait they wait they wait they wait boom DeAndre Carter's in motion hike snapped the ball up. now it's a four by one the defense is trying to push to one side and then you have something to that strong side that's just you know a a chain mover it's a pretty defined read for taylor heineke Boom, we can get back up on the ball do kind of the same thing go to the running game maybe work off that maybe show the same look later and then it's a you know a tight end screen on the other side of the field to logan thomas or something like that they're getting back curtis Samuel, who was he played last week but on a limited basis it was his first game back playing against the raiders And I think they're going to start to try to incorporate him more, especially like you were talking about now that they've lost Logan Thomas. So that'll be something to look out for. And we all know that Curtis Samuel, even dating back to his Ohio State days, he was a multifaceted, you know, you can mix him up in the run. You can throw him the ball as well. He has that skill set. And I think this might be the game where we start to see them look to really unlock that just from like a play calling standpoint. But the other thing that really took me by surprise when going back and studying this football team throughout the course of November leading up to right now, over the last four weeks, this football team's offense has dominated time of possession over yeah. their opponent. Yeah. It, started, it started when they played Tampa Bay. And my ICU that week was the Washington football team because they had that 10 and a half minute drive in the fourth quarter against the Bucks to seal the game out, right? Tom Brady has scored. Like, cool, we just got to get a stop, get the ball back, we going to score again. No, got, they kicked the ball back to Washington with 10 and a half minutes left to go and never saw the ball again. That's pretty impressive. They have now done this now four straight times. Over the last four games, when they played against Las Vegas, Seattle, Carolina, and Tampa Bay, what would you guess their differential the average differential in terms of time of possession is to their opponent over the last four weeks. Bro, 15 minutes and 25 seconds. They are stealing a quarter on average just with holding the ball, letting their defense rest, keeping you out of getting into a rhythm. Mm-hmm. And it's really impressive that this team is able to do that. And, like you say, running games is a huge part of it. Taylor Heineke taking what's there for him, being that game manager type, running when he needs to, not turning the ball over, et cetera, et cetera. Having that type of, like, you know, kind of possession differential against, you know, two teams in there that are Tampa Bay is one of the better teams in the league. Las Vegas is a solid ball club. Carolina ain't trash. They're not great. You know, Seattle is whatever they are. But, to still be able to do that for four consecutive weeks and throughout that's the whole impressive. course of a month within the NFL, right, right, powerful.
1: That's really impressive, especially for again, especially for a QB that's not really like sling, slinging the ball around the field like that. Sometimes for the run game to work, you know, you got to get the passing game going, and it's mm-hmm. not like you know, like we mentioned, like he's doing a good job. He's not really turning the ball over too much, but he's just game managing. It's not like he's opening up the passing game big time or anything like that. He's just doing enough. And teams are expecting the Washington football team to run the ball. That's the thing. It's not like they're expecting anything different. They're expecting them to run the ball, and guess what they're doing against them? Running the ball, and they're having success. So, yeah, it's really impressive.
0: Yeah, and then you find they even do like they still want to run the ball. It's second and short. They might come out in empty set, and you think they got a heavy set on the field. It's like, oh, or they're going to run the ball, so you might be in base. They spread you out. Then they run GT counter with Heineke keeping it. Like, you don't mind getting smacked around. He's not gonna, you know, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, he's not gonna run like that. But if he might pick up four yards, <laughs> that's all they really want. Right. I mean, so it's just a frustrating team to play against when they when they do it like that style, it's death by a thousand paper cuts. And it's it's just impressive to see that they have found the best way to be able to play complimentary football for their ball club. Because defensively, they've lost Chase Young at the start of this streak ironically enough but you know people who aren't like watching the game 100% oh see, this is why you don't need Chase Young and he's overrated no what changed was is the back end actually started to get it figured out they found a role for Landon Collins to play in this like hybrid right. linebacker right. safety role right right
1: you know in which he hates by the way but mm-hmm. they don't care, they don't care. <laughs> it's, right. it's working and you're looking good doing it so and you're making a lot of money doing it there yeah right the right,
0: defense right, is better <laughs> right right sorry bro
1: <laughs> this is what yeah. needs to be done
0: mm-hmm. yeah and it's and it's working for them and so it's it, here, here we are and they're having success that way as far as on the Cowboys side of the ball I talked about this before we went on air Dallas this is time where the offense needs to return to the form that's why I asked you that question to start it off is because you know Dak was it was his first game back from the injury when they played Denver and the offense couldn't really get much going. Then, when they lost to us, being the Raiders, and when they lost to Kansas City, didn't have the playmakers. Saints defense, that's a good defense. Short week, Thursday night football. Coupon on a snap count after COVID. Okay. Now, we're kind of out of that area. No more COVID. Players are back. Dak's more accustomed to it. This is a divisional opponent sitting here right in front of your face, and. The NFC is just pretty much anyone's for the taking. And if you want to continue to climb, this is a game you definitely need to win. Definitely, definitely need to win. On the injury front for Washington, there's an outside chance that uh, Landon Collins, who we just mentioned earlier, doesn't play, as well as Montez Sweat. He could actually come back for this game as well, which would help a lot to pair him up next to Jared Allen, or Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne on that defensive line. So, for me, on (sighs) which... The the reason why you, earlier <laughs> I had said I had said you you want Washington, but you think right, Dallas because exactly. I was in a hundred percent agreement with it. <laughs> I still am. I still am. I just I think this Dallas team
1: Is low, I,
0: I hear you. There's just I mean, more there. You know what I mean? There's just more there. Whenever, no matter what, how the game unfolds, if Washington continues to do the same way, they've just been shortening the game and it comes down to a possession where the Dallas Cowboy offense needs to make something happen, I have confidence in that. If the Dallas Cowboy offense needs to salt the game away and maybe look to run the ball, I think more or less they, they have that in them. Whether or not they'll do that, that's, you know, but they have that in them, and I'll take the chances there more than I would if we look at this Washington team. Taylor Haneke throws an unexpected interception, and whatever it might be. I'm going to just take Dallas because I just simply think, Ways they can play when they are humming, when they're cooking. Yeah, They went through this little lull, losing three out of four. You know, um, I'm going to go with Dallas. I'm going to go with Dallas here. Score-wise, let me go Cowboys 28, Washington football team 23. Mm. I don't like this. I don't like the betting in this game. <laughs> I I don't, don't want to touch the bets in this game. Uh, if any bet, if you're just a person who's just got to place a bet, uh, A, do it on mybookie.ag and B, take the under, take the under because what Washington and their time of possession, you know, maybe it just shortens the game just enough, but Dallas maybe still finds a huge splash play, but doesn't hit that 48 over under total. That would be my, my brief uh, analysis of that. We're going to take a second to pause for one of our sponsors. We'll back on the Cover Zero podcast with our final game. What's up, guys? It's Jordan. I don't know if you know, but cryptocurrency is the future. So with that case, don't get left in the past and bet with my bookie and you can get in on the game now. To get you kickstarted with crypto, use my promo code Zero, all caps, Cover COVERZERO, C-O-V-E-R-Z-E-R-O, to double your first crypto deposit at my bookie. Now, the best part is... My bookie accepts well-known cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum, so you can bet and withdraw with crypto. The NFL playoffs are right around the corner. And this week, just like Josiah and I had previewed on our Week 14 show, the Bills and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will face off in a potential Super Bowl preview. Both teams sit one win away from earning the top spot in their respective conferences. But in this high-stakes game, bet the Bucks money on. Don't miss out. Double your first deposit up to $1,000 by re- using promo code Zero. Again, C-O-V like Victor, E-R-Z-E-R-O. Head to MyBookie today, place your bets, and watch the sparks fly with this heavyweight contest between two teams that we could see playing against each other in February. MyBookie, bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Back to the show. Now we move on to the game of the week. And this is something that, as we record this December 7th, as I said, as we kicked off tonight's recording, you guys coming at you guys live on Thursday morning. Bills traveling to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. Huge game. Something that I still think could end up being a possible Super Bowl preview, especially with how just this NFL season has been. So cannibalistic, where you know teams are just basically, you know, beating each other up, and that you can't make sense of any of the wins. The transitive property doesn't work; it will only confuse you further if you try to use it. Facts, yeah. But this game, looking at the spread first before we dig into the nit grid of it, Tampa Bay is favored by three at one minus one twenty-five odds. The Buffalo Bills, three-point dogs at plus one hundred five. Money line, Buffalo sitting at plus 145, with Tampa at minus 170. And then the total, the over and under, sitting at 52.5, whichever squad you take on mybookie.ag, we're looking at minus 110. So, with all that said, the Bills had a showing where they literally, on Monday night, got smacked in the face by that Patriots team. Yeah. Like smacked <laughs> in the face, stuffed in a locker. They grabbed them by their ankles and shook out all the coins and took their lunch money.
1: Took their, right. <laughs> their lunch money happened. and their lunch that they brought. Extra lunch and money the lunch lunch that they brought and, and their lunch that they brought.
0: <laughs> took took the chain that their grandma got them. Like, you know, had to pay Devo's 40. Like they, they bought Devo a case of 40s you know, they all went to Mac Jones with his dad, Bob, any, I mean, we could keep going on about it. (laughs) (laughs) It was a ass whooping. Like they, you know, they, you know, just smacked them. Do you think that (laughs) Tampa Bay is not built to run or built to play whatever style they want or as flexible, I would say as the Patriots are, but they are built to play a little bit more explosive. Yeah. Yeah. They're built that way. We saw Brady go out there against Atlanta and just sling the rock around 50 times, and that was the way they wanted to go ahead and attack them. And, I mean, granted, it's the Falcons, but still, they can do that. They're one of the few teams that can do that. How do the Bucks and the Bills, how, how does this matchup go? Because I think, like, we always talk about it, like, you know, a lot of times the old adage in boxing or UFC, styles make fights. In this one, I kind of think that's another one that applies. Exactly. Yeah,
1: Great points. Great points. Great yeah. points.
0: Go ahead and tell the people what we mean by, like, in this game specifically, how the styles will make this fight.
1: Well, you said it earlier, and, and what you said, I was, that's exactly what I was going to say. This is the game that the Bills won. You know, that game that they had versus the Patriots, I think we both had it at, at a higher scoring game than, than what it was, but that's not what they, that's not what they got. And we probably should have expected a little lower scoring game. We didn't expect what, what, what just happened,
0: you know. But Well, no, I think the wins changed it too. Fifty mile an hour gusts and stuff. Oh yeah, that's true. That's A little true. bit like I mean, that. I think random. that at least from like the Patriot, like you know Belichick, he's gonna be like, yeah, no, nah, fuck. It. They saw that throw to Jonu Smith go just, and that was it. They just, <laughs> he's like, I'm not doing that shit
1: again. <laughs> I mean, is Mac Jones that? I, I mean, no, it's and, not. I don't think not, it's not, not, not. and what I mean by that is, it, it was gonna sound like, is he that bad? When I that's was what saying, I thought saying. Is, say, is yeah, he that bad. bad in the in in that type of weather? I don't think he is. I mean, I know that one. A couple throws it's like okay, wait a minute. But to be able to feel that confident running the ball as many times as they did, and they're not even a team to run the ball like no team is. They showed up the they they showed the record as far as the last team to be able to do it. You know, I mean, it, it, it's just not done that often. They ran it forty six times. Mac Jones was two out of three. Two out of three.
0: What's the song? Yeah. Two out of three ain't bad. What's... <laughs> what the fuck it's great you won what? a huge afc game that's what <laughs> i'm <laughs> saying
1: two out of three i mean i get it you're right the weather the weather was tough mm-hmm. but still to feel that confident and you're not even a running team they basically averaged like if you take away they had the what
0: like mac guy i think he got like there was they like, tried to run some like reverse stuff to mix up the run
1: game right 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 and right. right. Set
0: back their their yards per average but they were ripping off like It was like four here, five there, four here, (laughs) three here, four there. Like I thought that like I was watching that game late because I I landed last second blazer tickets. Okay. uh, Because we had a there was a big old mess on the freeway that caused me a lot of stuff at work. Okay. uh, Within healthcare, but there was a big old mess like on the freeway, and that shut the freeway down. Right. Right. So that shut down like the I five the interstate highway. Then Dame and CJ weren't playing, so basically anyway, people were just trying to get rid of tickets.
1: Right, right, right. He was able to make it. Now, I yeah,
0: feel- it. Yeah, that's how it happened to me, too. They were like, hey, we hey, we got these tickets. You want them? I was like, yeah, sure. Where are we sitting? 100 level,
1: like 13 rows
0: up. <laughs> Say less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I, ca- I came and I watched half the game last night when I got home. Then I watched the other half on lunch today. And I only watched the condensed version. But then I'm going back. I'm like, wait a minute. When's the last time they thrown a ball? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> you got to rewind What's it. I seen this dude throwing a yeah. ball. Am I am I, is my is my feed messed up? Is Game Pass
1: is Game Pass tripping? What's going on? Yeah, no, nah, you seen exactly what it was, bro. You seen exactly what it was two for three. They ran the ball a lot, and that's not the game that the Bills want. They didn't expect it, and that's not the game they want. This is the game they want right here. Now they're gonna win it, that's a different story. A this point. is the game they want explode. They want a team that's gonna be right there, not right there with them, but they wanna be able to be explosive. They don't want to go against a team that's going to keep their offense off the field and mm-hmm. this team is going to score quick tampa that is they're going to score quick they're going to score quick in a, in a hurry and they're going to do it pretty consistent and the bills they can do the same thing and i don't think although the buccaneers have a good defense and they have a good career we talk about todd bowles and his blitz and although he switched up here and there he switched up a little bit this year but you know he still loves to blitz that defense is real fast although they're good they're not as technical as the Bill Belichick team. You know, so players Very true. on the Bills, Very true. Like Stephon Diggs, and all of them, they're going to be able to have a bigger role in this game than they did last week. I brought it up; we talked about the Bills and the Patriots. I said, "Look, if if Bill Belichick can can take out Stephon Diggs, it might be over." I picked the Patriots to win to win that game. I, I figured if they take him out, then it, it could get ugly. And they just took that whole offense out. They they came they, with a different game plan. <laughs> They you know i like yeah. it's
0: like they they had the i talked about it when we actually my bad i, I cut you off but I, I talked about it i i talked about it when we were after we did it was one week i think one of us had i think henry had the patriots over the browns as his icu on a recap show and i remember like halfway through not even it was like halfway through the second quarter and the patriots just have those big bodied beefy linebackers that you don't really see a lot of teams have in the NFL now. Because like my linebacker's got to cover. Bill's like, no. I just want dudes, Like, if I need to stop the run, I'm going to put these behemoths in there to be battering rams. And then if I need to play against Josh Allen, I can drop Kyle Duggar in as my dime safety, and then I can run three safety lineups with four corners out there, and I can be fine. Like, he can be multiple. It's It's just it, however he needs to play. He is such a master in understanding body types, strategy, and skill set, and when to deploy each guy within each facet to benefit the defense the most according to his opponent.
1: That's and, and Duggar didn't even play. Duggar no, didn't even play. No. <laughs> you know, that. That's why. that's what makes, and I'm not going to get too deep into it as far as why he's the best coach ever, you know, but that's why Bill Belichick is the greatest coach ever to Coach in the NFL, in my opinion, I mean, it's just what he's able to do, what when he's able to do it, and how he's able to do it is just impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, now this is the game, though. This is the game where it's going to be explosive. It's a the game that they want. I think Stephon Diggs is going to get going. I do think, though, uh, uh, By- By- Byron Leftwich will try to get the running game going just a little bit. I mean, you know, yeah, they always no forget the same. They use that against the Colts. Like yeah. right before that was a problem against the Colts. exactly. Exactly. So they 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 have a running game over there where they can utilize it. You know, um but we we know they're going to throw the ball more than anything, but they have a running game. So I'm expecting them to 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 utilize that in this game as well because they've seen what the Patriots is able to do. I'm not expecting them to try to, you know, rush it 40 uh, right, right, right. We, we, we <laughs> that's going not
0: going to you know. happen <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah that, That's
1: not, yeah, exactly That's not happening, that's not happening at all But I'm expecting them to utilize that some more And yeah, this, this is a game This is going to be a fun game to watch, man This is going to be a really, really fun game to watch I'm expecting it to be a high-scoring game 36-33 to 33, Or 30-27, to 27, somewhere around there You know, and uh, and I, But I do think now, breaking down the game Just a little bit, as far as the defense. I think the defense is going to get to Josh Allen at times. I think it's going to cause him to make some mistakes because this defense. We talked about it last year. They play very, very fast. This is a fast defense, and I and I really like watching them play when Tampa's when they're on. You know, I mean, I mean, this is our job. You know, and it's it's fun because this is what we what we like doing. You know, mm-hmm. uh, watching tape or watching them live or whatever it is. You know. They're one of the teams that I that I that I do enjoy to watch because on both sides, offense and defense, because they're just explosive on both sides, you know, and yeah. you get to see them, you know, they got talent on both sides and secondary, linebackers. It's just it's just good football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Good coaches, good, good players. players. Right. And <laughs> then when all levels they're going, exact all levels. And then when they're going against another team that can match that you know explosive on both well i'm not gonna say the bills are explosive on defense you know they still could use some work there but on offense they got it you know the coaching staff they they have it there you know and both of these guys here you know uh brian dable and byron Leftwich, are two guys that may be head coaches next year
0: one day they will be both head coaches if they want
1: if they want yeah i, I think next year is a possibility for sure one of them uh, for sure yeah yeah uh for sure, Brian. I think and Byron. You know, I, I think he'll 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 get some looks. He'll definitely get some looks. He's right there. Yeah. So they're going to be calling plays against each other. So it's going to be fun to watch. I'm You know. I, so I, I. Yeah. I. I just. I can't wait for this game, man. This is why I'm expecting a really explosive game. And I'm. And this is the game that the Bills want. And yeah, I, that's yeah. That's that's how I feel about mm-hmm. it, man. I think it's going to be a really good game. Yeah, what's your score? So I'm gonna go with got Tampa Bay, and this one, and I'm gonna go thirty to twenty-seven. I'm gonna go with the second score,
0: thirty to twenty-seven.
1: Yeah, and I could see it going either way. This is another game where I probably no, I probably wouldn't bet on this game. No, I probably wouldn't bet on this one. No, no, I probably wouldn't. Thirty bet on this to
0: twenty-seven game. would put you four and a half above the over. So you think they hit the over? Hit the over. Okay. And then if I mean you could the money line -170 Tampa, it's close. That's a lot for being close. I think if someone's really feeling the bills to have a bounce back game on the road cuz there's one area we've seen Tampa really have like issues and that's with really good wide receivers. I mean, even just last week, Russell Gage is a Solid receiver. He's, he's proven to be a guy that can be your third dude. Russell Gage went for well over 100 against this squad. And I definitely think that, you know, that, that's the one area this year you've been able to attack Tampa is against, you know, the pass with a number one wide receiver. If You got a quarterback capable of getting the ball there. That's definitely what Josh Allen has. So, so on the money line, Buffalo plus 145, if you're a guy who likes that, that might be an area to go ahead and lay something down just because of the favorites that you're getting right there, uh, or the at least the odds you're getting right there with putting that money towards it. As far as the game looks itself, yeah, um, this you're right. This is the game the Bills want. This is more of the match that where they're like kind of, I mean, they want, they, they want the smoke from everybody. If you go ahead and think that you're going to go ahead and take over the AFC or at least come out of the AFC, which is what the Bills went into this season with, as far as the mentality goes, you want anyone. You know you're going to have to go through the Patriots to some degree but then when you get to that big game, you want the Bucks. You want to go against the best, Tom Brady, the defending Super Bowl champions. And that's what this game is. So uh, as a schematic standpoint, Josh Allen, he really got, like, Bill gave him more or less that Patrick Mahomes treatment in terms of, like, hey, look, we're going to show you, like, this off look. We're going to make you be patient. We're going to make you do this sort of thing and beat us that way. And it just it didn't work out again. The winds probably played some type of role in it, etc., whatever. But it was still just not a good showing. And I, he's gonna want to bounce back in Tampa Bay this uh, this coming Sunday. We had actually mentioned this off the off off of air uh, earlier. Why the hell is this game not flexed? <laughs> like right now as we record we got- it, I've, I've said it several times. It's the seventh of December It's a Tuesday. People know we record our show, our preview show on Tuesday. Sometimes on a Wednesday when we got to it's got to be flexed into
1: there because the freaking
0: Sunday night game's got a 12 and a half point spread. It's Aaron
1: Rodgers, bro. That's what I think. We, it's, I mean, the it's, it's the only reason. It, it's got to be the only reason. Yeah, exactly. You know, nobody gives a fuck about the Bears and nobody gives a fuck if Andy Dalton is the one starting. If anything, if anybody is really, you know, paying attention to the Bears, it's because of Justin Fields and he's not even playing. So, Right, and and then you look at the record and everything. I mean, this is just not a game nobody wants to see. The game that we just previewed is the game everybody's gonna want to tune in for. Mm-hmm. You know, this game right here with the Packers and the Bears. I mean, this is one of those games. This is one of those Sunday nights games where where you might just be doing something else Sunday night. You know, you may not even be paying attention to what you might go somewhere out. You, you just may do something else. You know what I'm saying? You may I'm
0: gonna love it because I can actually do like some prep for our uh recap show. I mean, I yeah, lie.
1: yeah. Well we gotta pay attention, you know, and that's I mean, i here's what
0: I'll usually do. If it's not a big Sunday <laughs> night game, this is what I did last week. I mean, I've i I had I always have the game on right? in case right, some shit goes down. Right, right, right. But then I'll be like yeah, okay. This is kind of really, i don't really—I can now dig into some other like nit grits on stuff.
1: You know where it's going?
0: <laughs> yeah, right. You like, know where it's my going. biggest like curveball I was hit with was like in week two. Sorry for the tangents, listeners, but y'all know if it's me and Josiah. That's just what happened. But like in week two, in week two, when when Baltimore played KC, right, and Kansas City jumped out to that huge lead. To start to, to start it out, this is before Kansas City became the blundersome Kansas City that we know. And Baltimore was coming off a fresh loss against our Raiders, right? Right. right. Lamar threw two picks early; one of them was turned for a touchdown. Anyway, it was looking like a blowout was happening. I was like, all right, I'm digging into all this research. I'm rewatching games in full. I'm rewinding plays. I'm noting formation looks. And then at one point, shout out to my amazing wife, Jessica. She's like, "Whoa, he flipped into the end zone!" <laughs> and I turn, I look up, <laughs> and I see Lamar flipping into the end zone. I'm like, "What?"
1: Right, right.
0: And those fools came back. Then I was like, "Shit, well, okay, now it's time to, you know, okay, well, what's going on with this game? This might be another one this Sunday if it stays this way with the Bears and the Packers, where I can just continue to dig in because I know <laughs> I'm not seeing no Andy Dalton or Aaron Rodgers flipping into the end zone." Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Right. So, the only thing you may see from Aaron Rodgers is just the whole belt. You know, the whole uh, when he score, when he does his thing. You know, mm-hmm. he got a little, you know, like he got a belt around his waist and whatnot. Discount double check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, discount double check, and he already did it that one. I mean, maybe they just want to see the theater of him. He did this last time he was in Chicago. You remember. I own you. Mm -hmm. I've owned
1: you my whole fucking life. Yeah. And you know what? That may be the only reason why people really tune in just to see if your parents are going to respond to that. They ain't going to have nothing to say about that because they ain't a good enough team. I mean, yeah. I
0: mean, what what can Bears fans say about that when that shit happened? No, you haven't. Shit, you (laughs) have. Right. right. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. I digress. I digress to move back into the Bills and the Bucks uh, to finish just this one off. This year, Josh Allen to me, I'd said it on the pod a few times about how I anticipated a regression being in place for him this year. And I thought it would be a regression from a top three quarterback, which is what he was last year, to maybe someone in the bottom of the top 10. I still think he's about there. But if you look at his play, Throughout the course of the season. I don't know if there's a more. Inconsistent quarterback. Week to week. Than Josh Allen. Right. Just to like put it for for the listeners. Put this here in, in context of numbers. These are just the way that I would look at it like this. Is just to make it simple. PFF grade. In terms of all the other quarterbacks. Where he's where he hit each week. Whether or not you think they're science. Whatever anyway. Week one, he was right in the middle. That was the only week where he was in the middle. Number 16. After that, he was either outside of the top 24 or within the top 10. Week two, he was 30th. Week three, he was third. Week four, he was 24th. Week five, he was first. Week six, he was seventh. Week seven, they had a bye. Week eight, he was 10th. Week nine, he was 24th. Week 10, he was number two. Week eleven. Number 31, Jags game. Week 12, number three. Like, I mean, and then last week against the Patriots, to, uh, that I don't have that grade in front of me, but let's just say it's not good. You know what I mean? This has just been the plight of him over and over throughout the course of this year. He has not been putting up numbers, or not even just putting up numbers, not producing more so because, you know, numbers can be, you know, They can fluctuate. They can change. You can throw a short little pass. Stephon Diggs makes everybody miss. He's gone. But teams aren't really even playing them the same way that they did before. Last year, Josh Allen, and even the year before that, saw a lot of different man coverage. Because they thought that he could not fit those balls into those tight windows where he needs to. And last year, he basically just said, fuck you, I can, and did it. This year. They're like, all right, all right, all right. We're going to make you see if you can pick apart these zones, these different types of zones. We're going to make you see if you you can be patient and pick apart these zones. We're going to make you see if you really want to use Devin Singletary and rather than Stephon Diggs being your number one dude in the intermediate to D, basically all over the field. There's no route Diggs can't run. Basically, we're going to be like, look, will you use Beasley 10 times a game while we only give you four throws to Diggs a game? Like, will you do this? Will you be that patient? And... Against the better teams, I mean, for the most part, he hasn't. The better defenses, he hasn't. This Bucks defense, the one, I said it before, and say it again, the one area you can actually go at them is at their corners. That's really, that's really honestly it. Everybody else within the, within the dirt of the center, the center of that defense, and the core of that defense, right, in that nucleus, that's where a lot of their playmakers are. That's where, that's where Avante David and Antoine Winfield and, Vitavea, even though he just got that chip tooth, you know, in that in that Colts game. That's where, like, you know, that's where a lot of their their guys are. Devin White, you know, their 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 nickels are at. The corners, they've just had a lot of injuries and a lot of different shuffling around. I mean, you find different ways you can isolate those guys, you can have some type of success. Brian Dayball knows this if I know this. And so I want to see how he looks to try to attack them that way. Tom Brady this year. And last year, Tom Brady, since he's been with the Bucs, and I think this is going to be a key just with this game in particular because it's going to come to that point because Tom, as I had said earlier, he's that guy that will take those tiny little routes if he needs to. He's always been the quarterback that whatever whatever needs to happen for Tom Brady to win, he will do. He will. Without question or hesitation, he will do. Right? He will. And ultimately, I think that is what puts him in as the that's what it, that's what I think puts him over Peyton Manning I've talked I've said this before maybe not on the pod but I've talked about that's what puts him over Peyton Manning Peyton wants to try to take your heart out and throw it downfield and all that shit Tom I'm just gonna do what it is ever to beat you. I don't care how it happens and so but one thing and it's it's going to happen because the Bills defense a lot of two high safeties Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde the two best saf- the best safety tandem in the NFL they're going to have their hands full Dealing with these receivers and these playmakers and these pass catchers, Rob Gronkowski somehow is still a huge difference maker even though he's already a shoe in for the Hall of Fame and is, is up there in age, yet he's looking like he found the fountain of youth like Tom did. I don't know. The TB12 diet. Maybe that's what it was. But either way, Tom Brady in the red zone, bro, since he's been a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, if you include the playoffs, you include the postseason. 60 touchdowns in the red zone in the last two years already. Including playoffs, including postseason. Guess how many interceptions? Five. Zero. <laughs> As if there's anything else I need to say to credit this man. But, like, I found that out today, and I was just like, what? That's how? Funny. Why? Oh, wait, I know why. I know why, because he's effing Tom Brady. Anyway.
1: Tom Brady.
0: <laughs> Tom Brady just does what he needs to do to win. Like I mean, and that's what I think is going to continue to happen again today or on Sunday as these two squads play. I really hope that they, you know, what I mean. I'll even sit here and say I hope they don't flex him because when this game's going on live, <laughs> my my ass is tuning into that Raiders game. That's our squad. Yeah. But then when that yeah. Sunday night game happened, that's when I then I'll sit in and I'll get my you know other stuff in while the other game is on and you know deviate where I need to. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, but I got the Bucs winning. I really can't go another way, and it's kind of crazy thinking about that. This Bills team, who I had pegged as one of the best teams in the AFC, coming on now like a two-game loss. Josh Allen not necessarily looking like we thought he would, but this is the NFL in 2021. It's been very back and forth, very up and down. No one really separating themselves, but I do think the Bucs separate themselves from the Bills in this contest on Sunday. Give me, score-wise, give me the Bills Twenty three, Buccaneers twenty seven, twenty seven twenty three. Yeah, yeah. put the put it right at fifty. We'd be two and a half below the over and under. But uh, no, I, I I don't like that one. And that is giving the uh
1: That's a, yeah
0: yeah the Bucks honestly Bucks. See, this is the thing they they know what they're doing over there. They know what they're doing what at my book. They Buc- do. They know what they're doing. Like, you got bucks minus three, but at minus 125 odds. So, it's like, you got to get the bucks to points, but then you aren't getting, you know, what you bet. You you got to put in a little bit more to get back what you bit, want. Right,
1: right, right.
0: Right? Bet 125 to win 100. I'd stick with that Thursday night game if you want to bet. That's what I would do. I would stick with that Thursday night game if you want to bet. That's just me. That's where I reside. Yep. But, hey, this has been our week. 14 preview show. We'll be back on Sunday with our regular recap of the week, our reaction show. I see you what's going on and a preview of definitely a preview of the Monday night game between the Rams and the Cardinals. Those three are going down for sure. For sure. For sure. Hope you enjoy tonight's game. Hope you enjoy Sunday slate. And I just hope that at least if you're in an area where you want to watch Bills, Bucks, and you don't have the Sunday ticket, for that reason, I would hope that they flex it into the Sunday night spot, so at least you can see it.
1: Or go to a bar.
0: Or go to a bar and catch it. So maybe yeah, maybe you know what, Then in that case, yeah, just flex it out, so we can all just watch it on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> and I got, at least we got one game in each time slot. Boom. That works. I'm that with works. it. I'm with it. I'm with it. All right. Thanks for listening to Cover Zero Podcast. Go ahead and subscribe. Reach out to SSAW on Facebook. Go ahead and get linked in with the group. Check us out at tssaw.com. Thanks to all of our sponsors and our listeners and supporters. Love y'all. Peace. That's our show. Be sure to email us with your questions, comments, and statements to podcast at gmail.com. To find all of the links to follow us on social media, and also to find more exclusive content, visit us at tssaw.com. See you next
1: week.